Hi, everyone, and welcome to One Great History, a podcast all about the great and sometimes not so great parts of Winnipeg history. I'm one of your hosts, Sabrina. And I'm Alex. And we're joined with our friend and producer, Nick. Valentine's 2022. Yeah. It's February, so it's Valentine's Day, and I have once again compiled a bunch of old advice column letters. Nice. From the Winnipeg Tribune, which is always a delight. Yes. So we had done one of these last year as well, which was focused on problems of the heart, a sort of 1920s column run by uh, Betty Vincent. It's taken over by Virginia Vane in 1933, and the column goes by a number of names from, like, the Women's Forum to Virginia Vane's column to Virginia Vane Says. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of different versions of it. And Vane is probably a fake name, so we don't know anything about her. But Virginia Vane columns actually appear in the Victoria Daily Columnist as well. So it's not just exclusively a Winnipeg operation. Right. But most of the articles run in the Winnipeg Tribune. So Vane is officially introduced in 1933 with a Tribune announcement reading, Introducing Virginia Vane. Women readers will all like the Tribune's latest feature, Virginia Vane's daily comment on women's problems which appear on our feature pages. Her answers to correspondence on the intimate problems of home life are marked by a fresh new viewpoint. You will like Virginia Vane's column because she discusses questions that are common to ordinary run of daily life and because her comment is always to the point. Ah. Start reading the column now. (laughs) (laughs) This is how they're introducing their their new Miss Lonely Hearts. And just like as a point of note, because we couldn't read all of the columns for this episode because that would be too long. We can't. We could try, but we'd be here for a while. (laughs) Um, the majority of the writers of these columns are women, which is not super unusual because it is through the women's page, which is like page seven or eight of the Tribune that has like recipes and stuff. This is one of the many aspects of it. But what is kind of interesting is that these columns run from the 1930s until 1944. Uh, she's more willing to advocate for divorce. Huh. Only as like a last ditch option if nothing else can be done, like if your spouse is arrested or like incapacitated or like too abusive to be with right but generally speaking it's more like well have you tried being nicer to your husband and maybe you'll stop being a jerk <laughs> it's not always I great guess sometimes that can be the right advice yeah and there's also weirdly a lot more stories about cheating in the 1930s versions than in the 1920s oh. i don't have any like reason for that to be the case i yeah. don't have any guesses here but there are a lot more stories of like well so-and-so cheated on me what do i do about this huh. yeah it's weird Do you think there was, like, a cheating epidemic? Or do you think people were just, like, more willing to write in about it? I don't know. Because also, like, it's the 1930s. It's the Depression. People are probably a little, like, listless and upset. Yeah. (laughs) So I can see cheating. So they're cheating on their partners. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. Or, yeah, maybe just things have changed enough that people are more comfortable to write in about that. And it's not quite as shameful of a problem. Yeah. There's not really a way to know. But it's interesting, nonetheless. And also, if we compare it to the 1920s columns, Virginia Vane is a lot wordier. Mm-hmm. Like, Betty Vincent would just end things with, like, no. <laughs> One word answer, right to the point. Virginia Vane has a lot to say on okay. everything. <laughs> and some years, there's just a big drop in letters. So, like, in sort of the early 1940s, there's a bit of a plummet in them. And this might be because many men were away. Ah, right. It is hard to have a relationship when most of the men in town are fighting a war overseas. Well, hard to have certain kinds of relationships. Yeah, totally. We're going to start in 1933. Okay. The first year of the column. And our first one is about looks and relationships. Okay. So it opens, Dear Virginia Vane, do you think a man can be in love and yet not admire everything about the girl in question? 
I admire tall girls. This one is short. She is not a very good dancer, and I like to dance only with good dancers. She is not very good looking, and I like pretty girls. And yet, in spite of all of this, I enjoy myself when I'm in her company, and I am miserable when she is with other fellows. Signed, Paul. Oh, that guy sounds like the worst. <laughs> um, am I am I supposed to guess what her advice is? Is that what yeah. we're hearing? Um, well, first of all, that guy sounds like the worst. And I hope that that's what she has yeah. to say. It sounds like he just likes the attention of this girl. Yeah. So Virginia Vane says, Judging from your requirements for a perfect sweetheart, Paul, you're very young and therefore it's impossible to answer your question accurately. You see, if a man of 30 were still superficial enough to be worried because a girl didn't dance well and wasn't the right height for him, then I'd tell him straight off the bat that he was so superficial he couldn't possibly love anyone very much. <laughs> and that little trifling things about his sweetheart would annoy him until the day he died. But I believe you're at an age where superficial things matter a great deal. You'll outgrow that and perhaps discover that you and your sweetheart are so fundamentally suited to each other, it doesn't matter a rap whether she measures up to your idea of a snappy number or not. Um, my advice is she can do better. <laughs> yeah. Also, can you imagine this guy is 30? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's just like, no, you're an idiot. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> she can't dance, though. And that's a real problem. Jeez. Also, like, you could learn to dance. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like a skill, like, I, I'm five foot eight. I can't get taller. I could learn to dance better. Yeah. Um. But also, imagine that your boyfriend writes in to a column to be like, I don't know, she just isn't very good looking. Like, that's, that's, <laughs> that's an mean. important one. I normally like pretty girls. Yeah. <laughs> this girl's not pretty, yet I like her, despite her lack of dancing. Um, our next 1933 uh, letter is about marriage. Okay. Uh, Dear Miss Vane, I'm 21 going with a girl the same age. I am working. She is not. We love each other very much. We talk of getting married, but people say a Latin and a Scandinavian is a bad mixture for a marriage. Oh. Do you think they are right or we should go ahead and plan a wedding? Oh, no. <laughs> There's something really interesting about research when you find a new, like, bad stereotype you didn't know existed. That's my experience every time I read H.P. Lovecraft. Where I'm like... <laughs> Where I'm like, what? The Inuit? That's a, that's a new who... form of racism. <laughs> yeah. Um, that yeah, that's a new form of racism I haven't heard about before. A Latin, a Scandinavian, apparently a no go. I'm a little worried she's gonna say it's a no go. <laughs> ah, you're wrong. Oh really? She's in favor of this this cross racial <laughs> marriage. <laughs> the country of your birth should have nothing to do with the state of your heart. We love those who we love for those they are, not once they came. The important thing is that you are in love with each other and that you get on without quarrels or clash and that you want more than anything to build a home together. Never mind what people say. Pay attention to what your heart and your head tell you. Okay. I feel like I've maybe gone in with too low of expectations for Miss Virginia Vane. No, I mean, given given what the 1930s are like, I think that's fair. Yeah. (laughs) And just the bar that's generally set, I think, by the Tribune specifically at the time. Yeah. Also, I would love to know who told them that a Latin should not marry a Scandinavian, because what a bizarre thing to say to someone. But also, why? Like, there has to be some, like, weird stereotype behind it. I like, mean, I don't I don't really want to <laughs> guess. No, but isn't it weird? Yes. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> okay, so those are our two for 1933. We're going to jump up to 1934, where a girlfriend writes in to say, The boyfriend I love had to go away from me to work in a city hundreds of miles distant. Before he went, we made an agreement that we should have the right to go out with others. The understanding was that I would go to him and marry him when he could afford to support me. 
Now, I am very popular and have a lot of boys rushing to me. My friends say I am not being fair to the man I love. They tell me he is testing me and that I am not standing the test well. Is this true? I want to do what's right. Oh boy, this is like the modern, like, I think we should have an open relationship. Yeah, kind of. Right? Yeah. Where it's like, actually, but no, I don't want you to. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we don't have the boyfriend's perspective. Maybe. That's interesting that it's not him who's telling her, don't date the other boys. It's her friends. Friends who are like, no, this is wrong. Yeah. I don't know. Let your friend have her fun. Yeah. Maybe he wants to have fun. I mean, that's too probably. Yeah. He's probably dating away. all kinds of girls. Yeah. So I think Virginia Vane is probably just going to be like, live your life, yo. <laughs> yeah, you're pretty much spot on, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> so long as you and the boy understand each other, let the gossips raves and tear their hair. Perhaps some of your girlfriends would be better pleased if they thought you were safely removed from circulation. <gasps> oh. <laughs> That's a good way to say it. Yeah. (laughs) In any case, you'll be far more attracted to your true love if you continue to see your friends and have a good time than if you stay at home mooning over what you can't have and Mm. ruining your your complexion with discontent and worry. (laughs) Lost me a little bit there, but mostly I was on board. Also, you want to be fair to your hero, and it wouldn't be fair if you made him feel that you were so utterly dependent on him and his letters that he couldn't possibly break with you even if you wanted to. Hold him with your love, but never let him have the slightest sense of obligation to you during your long absence. Mm. Yeah, I mean, actually, it would be a little weird if you had made an agreement with someone like that, and then they didn't go and date anyone and just waited for you. Like, how bad would you feel? <laughs> Probably pretty bad. Yeah. It's so unclear if they mean, like, going out as in dating or just, like, go see a movie with your friends. I Oh, interesting. Right? Yeah. Because I'm assuming it means, like, she's going on dates with boys. Or maybe it's just, like, you can go out and, like, dance with other boys yeah. when you go out with your friends. I don't know. But it's you're unclear. Going, it's a, it, maybe is it, like, a going steady thing? Like, you're you're engaged to be engaged? Like, yeah. that's the type of thing. Like, yeah. you're allowed to have other guys take you out for the evening. But, but not, like, continually take you out for the evening. Yeah. yeah. It's like like a chaperone almost or like like in Pulp Fiction when Vincent Vega takes out uh Miss Mia Wallace I've not seen that <laughs> <Okay>. but I <laughs> he's just sure. he's just he's just good company gotcha yeah it seems like that yeah. yeah but yeah very rational response ignoring the bit about about your complexion yeah <laughs> you know if you're too in love with a boy sometimes you get pimples yeah <laughs> um our next letter is from a man okay uh, two years ago, my wife and I parted ways because of many misunderstandings. We were never divorced. She always swore the whole thing was my fault, and I admit that I cheated on her at the time. During the two years, I have learned many lessons have been anxious to affect her reconciliation. For a long time, I didn't know, know how to go about it. Then one night, I took my courage into my hands and went to see her. She is living with her family. She stunned me badly on that occasion, but I went on calling her up, sending her presents, and even did my best to make things comfortable for my parents-in-law. She will not meet me halfway. I have not been alone with her yet. I want her back. I believe she still loves me. Can you tell me what is wrong? <laughs> I think we know what's wrong. <laughs> yep. Just the sense of entitlement there of like, um, but I decided we I wanted to get back together and I love her. What I really like is that she says it's my fault and I'll admit I cheated. <laughs> yeah, that it is your fault. Yeah, it is. It is. So it is my fault. But now I've decided that I love her again. Yeah. And I don't understand why she, she won't talk to me. It was nice to my stupid in-laws. Yeah. Like, what more does she want? I was nice to her mom and she's still mad at me. <laughs> so Vane's response here is really long. Okay. So I've abridged it to just the highlights because it's you. like most of the column. Oh boy. 
Your whirlwind methods wouldn't have proved satisfactory to any wife under the circumstances. The impetus style of attack is all very well in certain emergencies, but the, the repetent husband seldom gets away with it. You apparently were pretty casual about the whole thing, so much that you really believed that it was your wife's unreasonable attitude and not your infidelity that broke up the marriage. Wow. You probably never let her feel that you sympathize with her state of mind. Then, suddenly, you decide to do a comeback and descend on a household which has gotten used to disproving you. You find your w wife among a group of people who know that you once treated the girl shabbily. What do you expect her wife, your wife and her pride to do about the situation? Could anyone in that situation be expected to greet you with open arms? I wonder what you said to her. Did you infuse real tenderness into your voice, or did you simply just reiterate that you wanted her back, and why the deuce hasn't she come back? <laughs> You've got a lot of ground to cover before you achieve the happy ending you want. Write the woman a real love letter, not a slapdash one, but the kind of real man writes to a woman he was hurt cruelly. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point at the beginning, too, that basically he's been like, I gave her flowers, I gave her presents. Like, that's not that's not how you woo your wife who you cheated on. No, that's like, oh, no, I forgot an important day. Yeah. <laughs> I brought flowers home in a panic. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very different thing. I don't know if writing a nice letter would help either, though. Um, no, it could help. After two years? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, she says a love letter. I feel like if it was like a long apology letter, <laughs> yeah, that might that might do something. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, we'll never know what happened to them. But it's a strange man. Asking. It's also true that like since her family is there, like that would just be embarrassing to be like, oh yeah, I'm going back to my husband who cheated on me uh, now. Oh, awful. Yeah, like there's yeah. no way her family, if they're on her side. Yeah. Would be like, yeah, go back to this guy. He seems great. Yeah. Remember the time he kept sending us presents we didn't want? He's made <laughs> us comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so that is 1934 in Love Letters. Okay. Now it's 1935. And our first letter comes in July, and it says, Dear Miss Virginia Vane, will you kindly advise me on what to do under these circumstances? I am writing to a fellow in the West. He has never really said that he loves me. He is away so much that we don't get talking on the subject. Would it be all right for me to broach the subject? I think he is fond of me. So would it be all right for me to ask his intentions? He lives on a farm and I am very fond of farm life. I am 22. I am fond <laughs> of him and I feel it was time I was settling down. Your reply to others are interesting. I hope to find this in the paper. Okay. So number one. Yes, absolutely. She can ask <laughs> if this guy loves her. That's fine. Um, number two. It sounds like maybe she just wants to live on a farm. farm. <laughs> <laughs> this is her only shot. Yeah. Like. So many other farm boys in Manitoba. Oh, and I'm sure many of them would like a wife. Yeah. But this one guy. And also, is she fond of farm life or does she just think farm life would be nice? Mm, that's true. Has she tried living on a farm? <laughs> so Virginia Vane says there's nothing so enviable than a proper sense of dignity and modesty. At your age, you should have developed this sense a little more fully. Do you not realize that by taking the law in your own hands, you are placing yourself in the very humiliating position of being told that a young man's intentions are honorable and nothing more? If the man is in love with you, I think he will find a way of declaring himself. In the oh. meantime, wait. Never wear your heart on your sleeve. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> like, she just wants her to keep, like, hanging out with this guy until oh, eventually he's like, by the way, I love you. Like, <laughs> But also, never ask because you might embarrass yourself. It's a really weird way to live your life. A, a super weird way. <laughs> How how long do you wait before? Yeah, what's the how what's, what's long the, do you like, sit around mooning after a guy who lives on a farm in the West and yeah, and won't directly tell <laughs> you he loves you and apparently won't have these conversations? Weird. 
Very weird. It's not good advice. No. If you want to live on a farm, just tell That's someone. That's really funny that her advice is, don't be vulnerable with the man you love. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it all locked inside. He can't know how you feel. <laughs> so we only had one from 1935. We've got one from 1936, and this is one of my favorites in the bunch. Okay. So, um... The letter begins, you wrote in one of your columns, if you are lonely, please tell me about it and we'll see what can be done by way of relief. I'm 38 and not particularly good looking, good character, well liked by most people who know me, at least as far as I know. I've never married and I'm lonely. Sometimes I think I can't send the loneliness much longer. I'm without a home of my own. I love home life and consider it such a privilege to keep a house if I had a home of my own. I've been nursing for some time and trying to save money to buy myself a little home, but now I'm thinking it would be a lonely place after all. In this case, I suppose you'll say, marry some good man and make a home for him and yourself. All very well, but I don't have the opportunity to meet such a man. A man who wants a life I crave. What do I do? Hmm. That's sad. It is sad. I don't know how you meet a man in 1936. Presumably go out, I guess. I guess. That might be hard if you're a nurse, though, and, you know, you're living at home and you're 38 so maybe you know your friends are all married you'd have to go out on your own and have to try and find 38 year old men who also aren't married and aren't trying to marry 22 year old women yeah yeah <laughs> vane's advice is maybe a little less sympathetic than oh, I think no. ours would be. <gasps> yeah i don't know how many men there are in this world looking for the sort of woman you seem to be good looking Ooh. men like are good men looking for good women but the figures run the millions a percentage of these millions live within your orbit if you have failed to meet men who make up this percentage, it is your own fault. <gasps> Virginia. <laughs> Somewhere along the line, you put your left foot forward instead of your right foot. My diagnosis from your letter is that you have been too introspective. <laughs> you are not a beauty. You have a, a position which puts heavy demands on you. You live in a community where eligible men are scarce. Well, my dear, beauty may catch the eye of a good man. It may even lead him to the altar, but it can't hold him there. Some of the homeliest women I know have the best, and think this over, the handsomest husbands. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> a woman may have the most beautiful features and a, be a saccharine nitwit. Another woman may be as homely as a mud fence, but have within <laughs> her the spirit that persuades a man she is the only woman in the world worth looking at. Wow. Yeah. Your profession is exacting and it is noble, but I'm wondering what is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm afraid to put my husband under the ministering hands of a wise nurse. Men since time began fall in love with their nurses. You're doing a job that is essentially feminine, which I have always dreamed of doing. It should give you plenty of opportunity with contact with human beings under the circumstances in which you appear romantically, but also with the badge of splendid service. There's a paucity of men in your area, then why not try and extend it, or extend your acquaintances in your own area? You cannot achieve your heart's desire by sitting still and twirling a wishing ring on your finger. Stop worrying about loneliness and start taking advantage of the fact that it's a great big world with millions of people in it. All friends for the finding and the right men among them. I mean, I guess it like it ends on a hopeful no. note, but but the middle bit, her only her only practical advice there was hit on your patience, which no no <laughs> <laughs> unethical first of all <laughs> don't do that. Though that probably was a big thing then. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. I mean, if you look at, like... Any of... romance novel. <laughs> yeah, any romance novel. Well, normally they're falling in love with the doctors. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, also... That seemed unnecessarily mean. A woman as homely as a mud fence is a really specific and mean insult. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, to be clear, also, I do I do not think now that 38 is an old age to not be married. <laughs> no, but, definitely not. Yeah. But... 
by the standards of the 30s, that's a little yeah. older than most people are getting married. Yeah. Because you're only living to 60. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's very strange. Um, yeah. It's almost nice, and then just a little mean-spirited. Yeah. I don't know, I guess she's trying to do, like, a tough love thing. Yeah, gotta really, like, get her out in the world again by being a little mean to her. Yeah, I mean, I, I get the, I get the, like, you're not gonna meet anyone by sitting at home and just Moping hoping. Around. Yeah. But, but maybe suggest some things. <laughs> okay, so now we're in 1937. We're jumping up again, and our first letter opens, I hate housework. Oh, me too. I was 24 when I married and had never done anything in the house because my mother wanted me to have a good time and she had always said that there was plenty of time for me to learn about a house after I had my own. <laughs> I thought it would be fun to have my own place and run it, but it didn't take me more than a week to find out what I expected would be fun was the worst drudgery. <laughs> Nothing I tried to cook turned out right. It took me a whole day to straighten up a small cottage until we could find a larger place. And now if my husband wants more room, he'll have to move into it by himself. <laughs> what I want is a one-room apartment and no kitchenette. Oh, I love her. <laughs> my mother can afford to give me a small allowance so I can hire a maid, but my husband gets into a rage if I mention this. He says it's up to me to buckle down and learn how to take care of a husband in a home. I say it's none of his business so long <laughs> as I get it done. Whether I do it by myself or hire someone to do it, I'm not asking him to foot the bill. Do you think he's being stubborn and unreasonable and that he should want to make me happy instead of thinking only of himself and having his own way? I don't think Virginia Vane is going to love this woman. I, however. <laughs> no, I do too. Um, I feel like that was that describes the process of moving out perfectly. <laughs> like, oh my god, everything is so much work and I didn't know. <laughs> it's hidden from me this whole time. Why, why is doing the laundry so bad? <laughs> And this is at a time where not every house is electricity. This is still oh god potentially by hand labor. Yeah, <laughs> which is a nightmare. Um, yeah, I love that she's like, I do not want to do dishes. I don't even want a kitchen. kitchen. No kitchenette. Not even no. a full kitchen. <laughs> I want nothing. A no one, a one bedroom apartment. No kitchen. <laughs> which is not a thing you can even get in twenty twenty two. No, I'm trying to imagine. Like, I don't know in this situation if she's working or not. Almost definitely not. Probably not. I'm trying to imagine the conversation with her husband where she was like, I want to live in a small house and do no housework. I would like to move into a one-bedroom apartment with no kitchen. We have to share it together. Like, I do emp I do empathize with this very deeply, though. No, housework is not fun. Yeah. You do have to do it, though, I'm afraid. Yeah. You can just learn how to cook one thing. Yeah. I mean, though, like, to be fair, I mean... Now you can kind of do a division of labor where it's like, oh, if there's a task that you hate. I can do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like she would have just been doing all of it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. Virginia Vane doesn't like this as yeah. much as we do. <laughs> but it is very funny to hear someone from the 30s being like, oh, this sucks. Like, I, I just moved out and it turns out I have to wash things. <laughs> so instead, Virginia Vane says... Let me ask you a question. Don't you feel you should want to make your husband happy instead of thinking only of yourself and having your own way? Eh. Unless you made a marriage contract, verbal or otherwise, relieving you of household duty, custom demands that you administer them to the joint satisfaction of yourself and your husband. The care of the home is your part of the work you two engage to do together. Do you want to exchange jobs with your husband? You go out to do the earning while he stays at home and does the housekeeping? Are you sure you hate all work? Or not just housework, which is a fair point. <laughs> you know, yeah. 
it does also suck to have to go to work. Yeah. So <laughs> your mother's attitude towards the training of a young woman for wifehood and homemaking was most unfortunate. All play and no work is just as bad for Jill as all work and no play is bad for Jack. Your husband is not unreasonable. He deserves a better deal than you are giving him. He does not choose to be under financial obligation to your mother, and rightly so. He wants a helpmate, not a servant. Well, sounds like a little, a little, a little bit he wants a servant. servant. I also wouldn't love it if my mother-in-law was paying for a housekeeper. No, I guess that would be, yeah, not great. But... I mean, I don't know. It's, we don't we don't know the whole story there. I feel like maybe you could have something where, like, I don't know, someone comes by and helps tidy once a week, but yeah. like just just to kind of help you if yeah. you're feeling overwhelmed right now. I will say, Vane does mention at least that, like, unless you agreed to split housework differently, implying that, like, that you, is possible. You could yes. do that, but if you went into it with the assumption that she would be a stay-at-home wife, yeah, and then quickly becomes miserable about it, that might be kind of a bait and switch for the husband. Unfortunately, I do also wonder what you're doing all day. <laughs> I mean, housework would be a full day thing. Yeah, no, I just mean if she's not doing the housework. Yeah. It, she doesn't mention children. No. So. God, she would, that would be the worst <laughs> time for this poor woman. Oh, man. It's really having a hard time with the house. Yeah. But that's how you fix a broken marriage. You yeah. have a baby. You have a baby. <laughs> I hope they um, figured it out eventually, but it's it's really funny. I don't know. I'm so delighted by her rage. I have, I have an additional... <laughs> theory what yeah. if her husband is just incredibly messy <laughs> like, is that the missing element that he's just like coming home and like smearing dirt around he's like rolling on the floor and yeah. all mud goes everywhere i mean maybe just peeling off his work clothes and throwing them about <laughs> we'll never know there's so many mysteries in yeah. this one letter <laughs> what we do know is this woman hates being a housewife absolutely fair yeah so we've got kind of a fun reversal to the first one about women not being uh, pretty enough for him. Mm -hmm. This is a guy writing in. He says, I've always... Oh, this is a woman writing in about her ideal man. Okay. She says, I've always dreamed about loving and being loved by a tall, dark young man with black hair, black eyes, and a thin nose. Not one of those noses that sprawls all over his face. <laughs> now I'm ashamed to say I'm keen about a man two inches shorter than I am. He has light brown hair and gray eyes. I suppose you'd call them gray. He is a great sport in every way, and we have lots of fun together, but when I think about my ideal, I wonder how I got this way. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I mean, those are so sad, because it's like, if you love someone, and you like the way they look... Then it's fine. Then it's fine. What, why are you worried about, like... <laughs> why are you so fixated on his nose? Yeah, that's weird also. She's a little nicer. Virginia Payne's a little nicer about this one is than the she? last one. I think because... The writer isn't like, she's ugly and she can't dance. That's true. This is just <laughs> like, he just looks different than I thought. Yes. Which is a different thing than I yeah. don't enjoy how my girlfriend looks. Yeah. <laughs> so Virginia Vane says, don't let it get you down. A chap with brown hair and gray eyes, if you can call them gray, will go as far as that tall, dark, flashing fellow you dreamed about. Your ideal is what your heart feels, not what your eyes see. Okay, that's quite sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Got over it. But... Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're... Jumping into 1938 now. Okay. I am a single man and I go with girls, but I am not happy. I'm still in love with my first sweetheart who has been married for three years. Uh -oh. Her husband is a man much older than herself. And I know for a fact, Miss Vane, that she is most unhappy. Oh. She is gentle in speech and manner and she is plenty smart, pretty, and attractive. It is a shame for her to waste her life away in such misery. I have a vocation, a good job, and enough capital to give her the things she deserves. She hates to tell her husband she no longer loves him. He never makes a fuss over her 
and that is what it takes to hold her. She has begun meeting me in secret and is being trailed by spies and private investigators. Now she can no longer see me. I did not see that coming. Nope. <laughs> Miss Vane, if you loved a girl with all your heart, would you run the risk of stealing her away? I have in mind to carry this girl to a state on the other side of the continent. Um, this guy thinks he's writing himself a romance novel. Oh my god. At first I was like, uh, like stop bothering this girl that you dated, like, years But ago. no, no, they're no. having an affair and she's being trailed by private investigators. Horrifying. And spies. Um, divorce is the answer, answer, I think. But, like, I guess he can't instigate the divorce. I feel like this but is... But then also the advice shouldn't be, do I kidnap her? No, this is the start of every Hitchcock film where the wife dies. <laughs> <is the problem. laughs> no, you're right. Or they hatch a plan to kill the husband, but she has to yes. be blonde and kind of mean for that one to pan out. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, what do you think Bane's going to say about Jeez. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um... I like le- like leave her alone. I don't I don't know what good advice is. Stop like you've already been doing something so ridiculous. Stop no. doing that. No, enough has happened at this point. It can't be like maybe don't have an affair with her yeah. or like she's already being followed. You're you don't seem willing to cut off contact. No, like my initial advice of just like I'm in love with this woman who's unhappily married would have been like that's too bad. Sounds sad. <laughs> like <laughs> Okay, so Vane says, if you are in earnest about this love of yours, you had better stop shuffling and play a man's game in such a situation. (gasps) Oh no, someone's gonna die. (laughs) (laughs) A woman who is afraid of the truth and would rather be followed by spies and investigators than tell the truth is a pretty weak sister and certainly not one to carry off. In other words, do not try and kidnap a quitter. (laughs) She might call for the police. (laughs) You know what? Fair enough. If this woman does not love her husband and secretly marries a man she does love, it is high time for her to tell her husband the state of her heart and mind. The law provides for the breaking of a marriage contract under your existing conditions. If the two of you lack the courage to come for truth, that is your misfortune. He is the cheated angle. Why not give the husband an out of the triangle? Yep. Yep. If the woman can't play with you and her husband, come clean and stop shivering. Take a train to the side of the continent yourself until you forget about her. (laughs) You know what? That's also decent (laughs) advice, honestly. Just leave. Yeah. Go away. Go away for a bit. I feel like that's also very, like, old romance novel to be like, I'm in love with a woman. I'm going to go to the other side of the country to forget her. I'm going to flee to the wilderness. Yeah. (laughs) Go, going to go be sad in the woods. Yeah, it's funny because I never, ever run into my exes anywhere. No. Like, I wouldn't have to leave the country to avoid them, you know? <laughs> it's like... I uh, once almost crashed my car into a snowbank trying to wave at my ex. <laughs> <laughs> he just wasn't noticing me. Ah. It was fine. <laughs> I think one time I was like, when I was working retail, I was like behind the counter and one of the exes came and like went up to the counter to buy something and then realized it was me. And then we were both like stuck there, like oh, had no. to like ring her through. <laughs> like. Oh, awful. Uh, yeah. yeah, just awkward for both of us. Weird. Yeah, good times. Although I was stuck on an island once at a wedding. What? What? <laughs> it was like in uh, like Manaki, like in Ontario. Okay. And it was like my ex-girlfriend, like the last girl I dated right before I met my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, she was dating this guy who was like a friend of the family to the girl getting married. And okay. they were on the island, and I was like, "Great! Now I'm stuck on an island with like <laughs> stuck on an island with your ex." Yeah, that's, that's also how a murder mystery novel starts. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is absolutely. Right. Except that you don't you don't reveal that you know each other in the murder mystery yes. version of this. That's true. 
Um, She's can alive. You, can you tell that all I do is watch crime television? <laughs> <laughs> I think we all knew this about you anyway. I think so. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of these are the start of some sort of grand mystery where someone winds up dead. Yes. We've kind of got a sort of like crime-based one next okay. for 1939. Um, this is a shorter letter. It opens, Dear Miss Vane, I'm going with two boys. One of them I love. The other I don't care for at all. <laughs> oh, no. Well, why? It doesn't say. The one who has my heart, let's call him Clay, wants me to marry him. Mother and dad are against it. He has been in prison two or three times <gasps> and in reform school, but I love him just the same. Should I marry him? No, probably not. <laughs> but also, what's up with the other guy? <laughs> yeah, okay, for, like, first of all, I like I feel like maybe the option here is a different third man. <laughs> <laughs> One you like a medium amount. Yeah. Um. Okay, I feel like if he's been in prison once, maybe. Maybe you can deal with that. Two or three times? Maybe. That's getting a little dicey. <laughs> it really depends on for what. It, it really does. She doesn't say. Is it something cool? <laughs> is it a cool crime or a, an uncool like, crime? Like, is it a heist? Because if it's a heist, then go for it. Go yeah. for it. Bonnie and Clyde it up. Yeah. But she doesn't say. Assuming it's just regular bad crimes. <laughs> just an ordinary crime. Then probably, probably not. don't marry the man with all the crimes. Interestingly, Virginia Vane takes a slightly different approach than you oh, do really? this. She says... Do not marry him unless several years have elapsed and the young man has proved beyond a doubt that he is no longer antisocial. Okay. This would have been the word for people who were like repeat offenders. Yes. Um, unless, of course, you feel you could be happy as the wife of a man who spends part of his time in cell blocks and perhaps as the mother of a <laughs> criminal's children. Oh. Oh, so a little bit of eugenics, maybe. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. But then also, like, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Okay, but actually I feel like that's that's okay advice to be like, Wait. Wait and see if he keeps going to prison. Yeah. <laughs> What's the line? Is it the fourth or the fifth time after you've gone past two or three times in prison? <laughs> um, I mean, I think now that you're dating him, it's does he go to prison again? Mm -hmm. I don't know but what I happens with her either. I don't know how long you have to wait to yeah. be like, I'm pretty sure it's not gonna... I'm pretty sure he's not going to do more crimes. Do you think the um the third wheel in this read the letter? Like, how many women are in this scenario? That's a true. <laughs> really true. It would be like, my girlfriend is also going with the guy who's in jail. Does she not <laughs> like me? <laughs> I, like, I like the, let's call him Clay. It's like, is his name Trey? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, that's, a, that's a very specific name, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, and also the other I don't care for at all. Why is he even in this story? Stop dating him. <laughs> It's not that hard. No. Don't date someone you don't like. No. <laughs> okay, so we are moving on to 1940 and my favorite letter in the bunch. Oh, excellent. This one runs on its own. Okay. So periodically, Vane will take one longer column and just make that the whole thing. Sometimes she'll also just give answers to columns that she doesn't provide, so you have no idea what's going on. Oh. <laughs> but this one is so... It speaks to Vane so much, she actually leaves a little comment at the top. Huh. Today's letter from a woman in love shows to what extent selfishness and introspection can go. They have made her a nervous wreck. Uh -oh. I am using your letter in today's column with all identification omitted. It is a resting human document. It shows so graphically to what to what extreme selfishness and introspection can go. Seldom on this desk, which is a dissecting table of human emotion, have I found this equal in the exhibition of self. Oh boy. Never have I come across its superior in this respect. It is a lesson into what the destruction of the continual capitalization of I can work. 
man. Yeah. Okay, let's hear it. Okay, the letter opens. Dear Miss Vane, I am 20 years old, and I am very nervous. I mean, when I was 20, same. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Several years ago, I went steadily with a boy I did not love. I was never jealous of him, didn't take much interest in him. Then I found I was in love with another fellow. I told the old boyfriend about my new love. He begged and pleaded with me to reconsider, and I could not change. I began going with the new boyfriend. For a long time, I was extremely jealous of him. Wouldn't let him out of my sight if I could help it. Wouldn't go where there were other people. I wanted all his attention. I had no reason to be jealous of him since I first started going with him. He spent every evening with me, even Saturdays. Wow. And yeah. Saturdays are for the boys. So. Saturdays and Sundays. <laughs> he takes me everywhere I want to go and gives me everything I want within his power to give. He has always been true to me, and I know he always will be. He loves me more than anything else. He had a good disposition until I ruined it with my picking, nagging, and fighting with him for no good reason. Lately, I've not been jealous of him, and up until recently, everything was fine and dandy. Then my best friend broke up with the boy she had been going with. The four of us had been friends for months. She was as nervous and run down as I am. They were constantly quarrelsome, money was scarce, and they had to stay home a lot. Since this happened, I've been imagining all sorts of things. I was sure these friends were in love, and they weren't. Then we, my boy and I, aren't. The girl and I are so much alike, yet I know my boy loves me. Maybe I don't love him because our romance isn't like you see in books and movies. The thought makes me so nervous that I'm ill. I say in my mind I don't love him and I get nervous all over. Both our home lives are upsetting, which adds to my worries. I'm out of school and have nothing to do but worry and imagine. We are away on vacation at the same place last week, and we were extremely happy until funds got low and started fretting about this and that until I was cranky and picking fights. I would do anything in the world for this boy. I try and please him in every way, even to the clothes I wear. I'm so afraid he will get angry with me. Often I think I feel the same way about my best friends and I compare these emotions and I worry and fret and think maybe I don't love the boy. I'm sure he'll make a good husband. We both get on well with our families. My mother has always told me the horrors of marrying a poor man. My girlfriend who broke with her boy says she no longer loves him, but we all think she does. She goes with every fellow who invites her places and says this is the best way. I'm engaged to my boy. Maybe marriage will make everything all right, will it? Oh, I wish the podcast could show my face throughout this whole letter. <laughs> oh, it's a, a deep, cringing wince. It's pained. Um, it's pained. Um, this sounds like a 20-year-old with an untreated anxiety disorder. Yep. Doesn't it? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy, have I been in that brain. <laughs> Just panicking about everything. Oh, and when the anxiety makes you cranky. Yep. Yep. Also, I feel like if anyone was on vacation, money got low. You probably pick a fight with someone. Yeah. Oh, man. Just feel bad for this girl. Oh, my God. And just, like, her friends broke up and she's like, wait, am I not in love? <laughs> just like, I thought they were in love. And if they're not, then maybe I'm not. Every part of this is just relatable neuroses to me. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, man. Yeah, I've had those panic attacks before. I get that. Yeah. Um, I would like to prescribe Zoloft <laughs> to this girl. Yep. Oh, uh, her poor boyfriend. Yep. Who apparently sounds fine. Just the sweetest guy. He's just, he loves her, they're engaged, and she's just like... Having the worst time. Yeah. I, I don't know what you do with that before medication and therapy existed. I guess... Opium? There you go. <laughs> opium. Some kind of drug. Problem solved. A non-prescription drug. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Virginia Vane says... My sympathies to your fiancé. If he has been able to stand your nonsense all this time, he probably will be able to take anything, even a shrewish wife. <gasps> oh. Yep. There's nothing wrong with your nerves. What ails you is the inflammation of the eye. What? Like letter I. Not, oh. Not the physical <laughs> eye. <laughs> it's like, how can she tell? I see. Yeah. 
<laughs> you can just tell by the letter that you've got some sort of like pink eye thing going on. You better deal. There is one bright ray of hope slanting through the shadows you've drawn upon yourself. That is, you are aware of your ailment. You know you are a nagging, crotchety woman who needs to fear the effects of the poison she injects into a situation she, when she should ideally be happy. Oh my god. Forget your nerves and your fears and ask fewer questions. Oh boy. Enjoy the love that has come to you with faith and thankfulness. Oh. <laughs> it's, I feel, le- okay. it's less of a wince on Alex's face, but it looks yeah. disappointed. Yeah. Um, I feel like there was one maybe useful bit in there, which is that like there is a lot of thinking about self. Yeah. Happening, right? Of like, what's wrong with me? How do I feel? What's going on in me? I feel bad. You know, sometimes yeah. like maybe she went and like volunteered or just did like something did, did something outside the home that takes her outside of herself. I feel like that can be a good anti-anxiety measure. Yeah. Do you think calling her a nagging crotchety woman was helpful? I do, I do not. <laughs> I don't th- I don't think that was helpful. Um it doesn't sound like she's, like, complaining about her partner. It sounds like she's, like, afraid that he'll leave her, which is yeah. a different thing. Yes. It's weird, because also, remember, this ran with a headline being, like, this is, like, the issue with selfish youth today. Oh, boy. But it just sounds like a kind of nervous 20-year-old. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, She'll get older. She'll yes. calm down, probably. Yeah, also, yes. Also, she's 20. Maybe don't marry this guy right, right away. away. Give it some time, but she's young. Yeah. <laughs> It maybe doesn't need to I be told like, a bunch of mean things. Like, also, even if you didn't have anxiety, it's pretty normal to be anxious in, like, a relationship when you're 20. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially if it's, like, one of your first early ones. Yeah. That's funny, too. She's like, several years ago, I dated a boy. I'm like, what do you mean several years ago? <laughs> I was 16? Yeah. Well, and also, like, she says she's out of school, so she's got nothing else to think or worry right. about. Yeah. Like, she's spending every night with this guy, wondering how she's going to screw it up. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's so sad. It, it is. Yeah. yeah, maybe she just needs some hobbies that aren't yeah. hanging out with her boyfriend. Very reasonable advice. <laughs> yeah. But I think a lot of young people have to go through a weird relationship before they figure that out. I think so. But Vane takes a real and, weird oh, approach. A real weird approach to be like, you're going to be a nasty, shrewish <laughs> wife. <laughs> I need to note, uh, the words shrewish wife are in all caps. Oh boy. In the original letter, like... She's very clear that this is what she thinks of this poor young woman. She's only 20. <laughs> I know. I mean, I guess in the 30s there were 20-year-olds who were married. It's not like... I guess. The spectrum of young adulthood didn't really exist because teens didn't really exist yet as a concept, right? Yeah. I I know. I just, like, think about the 20-year-olds <laughs> in my... <laughs> I know. Who I know. My little sister's almost 20. and I Yeah. Would... <laughs> I can't imagine my little sister getting married. <laughs> My little sister is married and has a kid, and I still yeah. Yeah. can't think of, like, we still laugh like we're eight and five, you know? Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous. I did pick a lighter one for the next letter that doesn't involve being really mean to a poor oh, anxious nice. woman. <laughs> this one's about Christmas. Aw. Uh, dear Miss Fane, would you please let me know if it's proper for a young man who has been keeping the company of a young lady for over a year, but not engaged, to give presents of jewelry or clothes? If not, what's the proper thing to give? Okay. So what do you give your girlfriend that you're not engaged to? Um, what is your girlfriend like? I think it's the first question. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> right? Personalizing a gift to a person hmm. is my suggestion. It's fair. Yeah. Um, Virginia- I guess they didn't have at that time, you know, like those listicles where it's like, you know, 
10 presents for your girlfriend who you're not married to yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, if BuzzFeed had existed in the 1930s, it could have made a killing. Yeah. <laughs> If I had this, this is what Virginia Vane says. If I had the space, I could enumerate gifts as long as the moral law. Wow. Here are a few: finest of wool woven scarves in exquisite pastel shades. Okay. They are of the shawl shape and prettily fringed. They are lovely for evening wear and afford a softening to the shoulders at any time. Um, she also recommends stuff like satin boxes for toiletry, china ornaments, silk bags for traveling, stationery, but cautions against jewelry because a little aloofness is always admirable. Oh, I see. So don't go all in with the jewelry just Because yet. then your girlfriend will know you like her and that's well, bad. Well, we've already discussed how we shouldn't be, we shan't be vulnerable with the people we love. <laughs> Absolutely not. They can't know you like them even if you've been dating them for a year. Yeah. I don't know. A scarf is an okay present. Like a nice shawl, I guess. Uh, yeah. Fine. It's fine. Not like the most exciting gift you could get. No. It's something. Yeah. But it is like, it's like a safe bet. Yeah. Like, it's not too in- intense and lovey-dovey, but it's like, it's cozy and it's warm yes. and like, and you can, and it's cute. And like, you know, if it's like, a, oh, you like, this is made by so-and-so, like there could be a story behind it. Like, yeah. I think there's something to be said for a cozy gift. Yeah. yeah. Actually, especially for a Christmas gift to be like, oh, this totally. is the thing that'll like keep you warm. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. So we're moving into 1941 now. So the war is on. The Depression oh. is still kind of ongoing. The first question I have is not so much about the war, but you can sort of see the impacts of the Depression on a household in this one, which is interesting. Okay. So it says, Dear Miss Fain, I know you're married. You told us many times in your column that your marriage is happy, even though you have gone on with your writing. But writing isn't like work. <laughs> ordinary work, I mean. Mm, she's not going to oh. like that. No. <laughs> My problem is this, Miss Vane. I have a good husband and an adorable eight-year-old son. We were getting along fine when the Depression came, but then my husband lost his job. Since then, Uh. we've had sickness, and my husband has not been able to find regular employment. There have been times where I couldn't even buy the bare necessities. I don't mind so much for myself, but our son is growing up, and we have to think about his education and the right food and clothes for him. Before I was married, I was a sales lady in a department store in the Mrs. and Young Ladies section. I've always been credited with having good taste in selecting my clothing and a way of wearing them that makes me look smart and different, even though they are inexpensive. The other day, I was in the store and the manager, the one I worked for, asked me if I wouldn't like to come back and go on the floor in women's dresses. He said they were short, a saleswoman, and he knew I could put life into it. The question I have is this. What will my friends and family think, and what will they say if I go back to work? I like dresses and I like salesmanship, but you know how some people are. They think a man is a failure if he lets his wife help earn a living. My mother lives close to us, and her boy could stay with her after school until I get home. My pay would take us out of this terrible strain, and we could really live again. But what about the whispering and the gossip? Uh, Just the idea that, like, like, the question here is basically, we don't have enough money for food. Should I find money for food? If I've been offered a job, should I take it? Yes. The job that she likes. Yeah. And yeah. Is good she's good at. at. Yeah. And like, With she's been gone for years and they want her, her and... back. <laughs> um, but th- but this woman did just knock uh, Valerie, Vicky Vale's, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Virginia. Uh, yeah, Virginia Vane's occupation. Which is a rough start. Yeah. Yeah. Because I will say also, this woman's been gone for her job for at least eight years if she has an eight-year-old son and is married. Yeah. Because it's probably not a kid out of wedlock. I think you right. would maybe say something different then. Yes. So it's been eight years and the manager is still like, we would like you back. Yeah. I that mean, is a, you must have done a good job. You must have done a good job. Um, And also maybe the manager knows that like things aren't going great yeah. for you if you, you know. Yeah, totally. If you're in there and talking and that's, you know, a kindness. Yeah. Um, I Like, I get how that could be like embarrassing for the husband. Especially like if you're going with like the husband has to 
earn the living. Yeah. He has to be the breadwinner. And it's like, he's not doing it. Yeah. But also, but, but also like, you got to have food for the baby. <laughs> and for yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Ideally, everyone should be able to eat. Yes. Uh, you guys are right that Virginia Vane doesn't like being told that her job is yeah. an ordinary work. <laughs> the letter opens, who said writing isn't work? Oh. Writing is work. The very hardest kind of work, too. Which, no. Okay, I, like, writing is hard work. Is it, is it like, being in, in a coal mine? No. Coal mine? There's a war going on. Oh, no. Virginia yeah. Vane. <laughs> so, writing is chock-a-block full of backache, burning brow, emotional strain, excitement, lack of sleep, irregular and often bad food, grim disappointment, crushing defeat, high hope, victory, nervous letdown. If this is not work, what is work? Wait, bad food? I don't know. <laughs> that seems like your fault, Virginia. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Make tr- yourself better sandwiches at lunch. If or you're go to a bad, different like, restaurant if you're eating out. <laughs> What's the problem here? Maybe she's a food reviewer. Mm. Maybe. Maybe she does every job at the newspaper. Maybe she writes the entire newspaper. <laughs> the Winnipeg Tribune had one employee. It was Virginia Vane <laughs> with a bunch of different names. Okay, in that case, I accept that that's a very difficult job. <laughs> but beyond that, Virginia Vane says, there would be no question in my mind what I would do if I were in your position. I'd take the job. Good. Yep. I'd be proud and grateful for the opportunity, and if I caught any malicious whispering behind my back or gossiping across the fence, I wouldn't be able to see it for the sun in my eyes or hear it for the music in my ears. Marriage is an uncertain field. Both partners to marriage should be ready and willing to put their hands to the plow when their turn comes. Right now, it's your turn. Good. Normal advice. Yeah. Take a job. I like. I could see a question like that being on like relationship advice. Totally. Today. But I can also see that question going differently, like even a decade ago in the advice columns, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if your friends complain about that, get do friends, because yeah. they suck. <laughs> Surely, why aren't they helping, then, also? Yeah, good question. Like, if they're not helping you, but also whispering behind your back yeah. because you're working? They kind of suck. Yeah. And also, apparently, writing is the hardest work there is. Ah, now we know. <laughs> um, there are no letters in 1942 for some reason. Hmm. Just absolutely none. No one was having relationships. Just a bad year for dating, I yeah. guess, in any other problem. Or Virginia Vane took a year off. Could be that. Who knows? We're moving into some uh, fun, lighter domestic problems in 1943. Okay. Uh, our first letter opens. This may seem a trivial thing to you, but to me it seems a problem of an enormous size. My husband, to whom I've been happily married for 10 years, reads the newspaper during breakfast and has every day for the whole 10 years. Mm-hmm. I have tried taking my hair out of my curlers, wearing a pretty house coat or a dress, plus breakfast and a good morning smile, but maybe a little on the sleepy side. But he still reads the newspaper at breakfast. What? <laughs> I have tried chatting gaily about the planned activities for the day, the weather, or anything that comes to mind. But he continues to read in silence. <laughs> I have tried to arouse his interest by talking about him, and that too brings no results. What can I try? <laughs> First of all, this is very funny to imagine a woman, like, fully in, like, a beautiful dress, hair and makeup done, being like, what do you think of the weather, dear? And he's just not answering. <laughs> he's reading the paper. He's busy. But I feel like he's just trying to have his nice little morning paper, like... Maybe he just wants, like, a little bit of quiet time. Like, leave him be. He's waking up, having his coffee. But also, he's been doing this for ten years and apparently hasn't cracked once. <laughs> I really want to know. Yeah, is it that he's, like, giving her, like, one-word answers and then going back or to the Or if he's totally... Because <laughs> those are different problems. <laughs> One is funnier than the other, too. Yes. I mean, I think the real advice here is, like, either leave him alone and let him read his paper. What's, like, talk to him after work? <laughs> or ask him about it at a time that's not breakfast. Yeah. Or be like, hey, I'd love it if we talked in the mornings. 
No. Would that be okay? As opposed to wearing a nice coat and saying the weather out there. I love the extent to which people will go and historically have always gone to avoid saying things. Just anything they want. One request. Yeah. Say something to me at breakfast. She's like, what if I take my hair out of my curlers? Or like, will that do something? Yeah. (laughs) Probably not. What if I get up an hour earlier, get dressed, think up fun conversation topics? Isn't there like, there's a moment on The Office where someone is like kind and direct to Mindy's character and she's like, what kind of game is he playing? (laughs) Yeah. It's Daryl, I think. Yeah, it is. It's totally (laughs) Daryl. So Virginia Vane suggests it might be wise to try ignoring him. He'll always read at breakfast, so why don't you ask for the other half of the paper and read it yourself? You'll probably Um, feel better then. (laughs) I think, like, she might do that expecting that he will then be like, why aren't you talking? But what might actually happen is he'll be like, oh, this is great. They're both going to read the paper in silence. She's finally given up, and now I can read my paper (laughs) in peace. But also, if you both read the paper, you can talk about the paper later. Yeah. You don't have to do it right at breakfast. (laughs) Oh, man. That's I I love that because that that is one of those um, arguments that like when you're like not even just in relationships but like with your siblings and stuff yeah. like those weird little arguments that you know you're gonna have until the day you die. Yeah. Just happens. Yep. <laughs> this guy's gonna read that paper every morning and he's gonna ignore his wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so our next one is a slightly different marriage problem but similar in tone. It also opens. I have been happily married, although sometimes I wonder. For two years. Oh. But as hard as I have tried, I can't seem to make my husband over to suit me. I was so sure it would be a simple task. He just won't wear the suits I would like him to, Um. although they would look much nicer on him than the one he buys. He's refused to wear not only the shirts and socks I buy, but the ties as well. He gets the most atrocious haircuts when he gets them. (laughs) And now he insists on having a mustache, and I strongly suspect he grew it just to spite me, (laughs) as he used to dislike them as much as I do. And last, but to my notion, the worst of all, he wears a cap complete with ear flaps and, if you please, <laughs> mitts. This guy sounds awesome. <laughs> how, dare, how dare the man wear mittens? Um, I love the idea of a spite mustache. So, I don't... Some of our friends have periodically been like, I'm going to grow a beard to annoy my wife. Um, or I'm going to shave my beard to annoy my wife. I'm pretty sure my boyfriend grew a spite mustache. <laughs> Or, like, not out of spite, but because... But, like, the spite was a little extra bonus to her. Yes. It's like, I want a mustache, and my girlfriend will hate it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like not wearing the shirts your girlfriend buys, a little mean. Yeah, but, know, getting, but... Bad, <laughs> getting bad haircuts and getting a spite mustache is really fun. That's really funny. I, I have been on the end, the receiving end of, like, being dressed by a girlfriend. Yes, and you didn't like it? Oh, my God. It's like, I'm not your Ken doll. Like, yeah. okay, so... In university, there was a show called The O.C., Yeah, mm-hmm. like in the early 2000s, and I was told by a few girls that I bore like a, a small resemblance to the main guy, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And this one girl, I was, I know Sabrina doesn't believe it, but I used, <laughs> I used to be handsome. Um, I've just seen The when, O.C. When was that, Nick? No, yeah, I'm not 20 years ago. Um, but this one girl literally dressed me up in like the... Um, the tank top and the like like the choker and, and like oh, she's like we're going weird. to have a picnic and you're going to wear this and you're going to look like ryan from the oc um. and it was just like uh like she also her ex-boyfriend lived with her and she was like crazy so <laughs> there was that but yeah it, like as a guy you feel like a doll yeah. yeah like it's a little i could see that 
I think I meant more like if you buy, like if I were to buy my boyfriend a shirt for like a present. Well, yeah, like that's a, a nice present. thing. Yeah, I think then I would be like, oh, he, he didn't wear it. And like, that's fine. But like, yeah. I don't know. My feelings would be a little hurt. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but I think usually the tactic I've taken is like, oh, you look really nice in that to like, yeah, be like, this is what I like to see you in. You look handsome yeah. in that. And, and again, just like being open and honest. Yeah. 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 Interestingly, we should try and communicate with our significant right. others <laughs> and not get bad haircuts and then wear a, a hat but with the fact, flaps. The fact that she hates the hat and the mittens makes me think that she may be the one with bad taste <laughs> because I don't understand the problem with the hat and the mittens. Alex, do you remember a while ago, one of her friends... Uh, wanted a haircut that was like kind of a mullet but if the mullet was really long and flopped over <gasps> yes. to the side and he spent like forever polling people to be like do you think oh. i'd look good with this and everyone was like you'd look really bad he kept showing us pictures and being like what do you think of this yeah and i think he would have done it but his girlfriend very smartly was like if you get that haircut i'm gonna get a haircut you hate and then you have to look at me looking stupid all the time you and deal what? with it that might be fair <laughs> and it worked yeah but yeah, um, I don't know. It's funny because I feel like I know guys like that. Yeah. It's hard because you have to be like, it's your face, your business. Yeah. I don't know. But I don't like to look at it. Yes. <laughs> There's a fine line. There. <laughs> yeah. So Virginia Vane is mostly on his side as well. Yeah. And they're like, he can dress how he wants. Yeah. He's a man. So what Vane says is, so you haven't learned that respect from those personality is one of the first indications of superior intelligence? Oh. Weird start. Yep. She continues, you must be very young. Your choice of clothes, hairstyle, hats, and dresses may just be just as irritating to your husband as his are to you. <laughs> very possibly. Or did you think you were perfect? Oh. He may think that he is too. Your dream of making him over has no doubt been shattered, but it must have taken a good imagination on your part to think it could be done. <laughs> you married the man you saw before you, and he'll no doubt stay that way the rest of his life. I suggest you stop nagging him, because you must be doing that, and take stock of yourself. Haven't you ever worn an absolutely ridiculous hat at some time or other? Or come now, admit that you did even if it looked like a bird in flight. What about that dress that was such a bargain but never fitted and the color wasn't becoming either? What about that time you wore your hair in an upswept hairdo that lived up to its name in the front but not the back? You have a muff to keep your hands warm and a big color look after your ears, but he has neither. And he has hands and ears to consider as well. Well, yeah. Appreciate him. Don't try and make a Caspar milk toast out of an average man. Kessler Milk Toast is a comic book character or like a newspaper comic character right. at the time in case you're wondering what that reference is <laughs> he's a guy that wears a suit and a monocle okay so yeah so she's trying to like make him up it's he's just a guy it's funny like I'm imagining you know like a TV like montage where yeah. you like you know make someone over yeah I guess I guess we've always had that desire to make someone over yeah but make someone you, look nice you can't do it to a real human being no and some some real points around, like, oh, man, I did also buy dress I did, that didn't fit right. Yeah. And the color wasn't good, but it was on sale. I, <laughs> I've done that. Oh, I have so many of those in my closet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some things never change. Yeah. Sometimes people in relationships will grow bad mustaches, and sometimes you buy a bad dress on sale. I don't think I've worn a hat that looked like a bird in flight. We don't wear hats that much. No. <laughs> if hats were still in style, probably. Probably. <laughs> okay. Moving into 1944, which is the last year of the column. And... Our first letter is titled, But Why the Secret Marriage? Oh. Huh. Um, it opens, Dear Miss Virginia Vane, I have gone with a boy for two and a half years, and just before he went overseas, we were secretly married. Oh. 
We agreed not to tell anybody, not even our own families. He's been overseas for three months, and I live at home and have a fairly good position as a stenographer. My problem is this. I'm very attached to my parents, and for the first time I have not confided in my mother. I feel that I've deceived her when I don't tell her that I'm married. As of yet, I haven't told a soul, and if my mother... If I... If I told my mother, she wouldn't tell anybody. Do you think I should tell her? Uh, probably. I don't... Well, Why'd you get married secretly? So is it... Did he go off to war? Is that yeah, what it is? So he's I guess, overseas. I guess that's probably why, right? Like, that she... I don't know. That they wanted to get married. Before but, he shipped out, I guess. Yeah, but, but then maybe maybe the plan was, like, if he comes back, we'll have an actual yeah. ceremony. I don't know. But probably you should tell your mom. <laughs> Yeah. But also, it might be weirder to tell your mom now. (laughs) I think it gets weirder the longer you wait to tell her. Like, I've been secretly married for a month versus I've been secretly married for a year is a very different time frame. That is very true. (laughs) Friends of, uh, well, a girl that Jen grew up with on her street, my wife grew up with, and a guy that I grew up with on my street, they got together, um, weirdly enough. But then they had a secret marriage. Oh, really? They're like, ah, let's just, like, get married. Yeah. Like, they had a kid already, and they're like, yeah, let's just get married, and didn't invite anyone. Right. And boy, was her mom mad. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Good actually, times. yeah, I hadn't thought about that element, that actually the mom might be mad that there was not a wedding. Yeah, like, anytime you see it, it's just like, oh, like, but I would have liked to have been there. Yes. Yeah. Maybe that, but I don't know, like, I whatever. Think if, maybe, may, like, if the idea is there's going to be a ceremony later... Yeah, then, yeah. Pro- she just wanted like to have a husband. Yeah. The, yeah. Like, she's like, I want you to be my husband when you go off yeah. to war. Yeah. You know, like that. I'm sure that was their mindset. Yeah. Yeah. So very noble. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I guess it might also have some impact in terms of like war stuff too. That, yeah. Like, like benefits or whatever. Yeah. If she's like notified if he dies, things yeah. like yeah. that. So what Virginia Vane says is, you don't mention the reason your husband had to keep your marriage a secret. I am therefore assuming it isn't important. Oh, not how that works. No. <laughs> I don't know a thing, therefore or not it, important. It's trivial. Um, however, the fact remains that you made a promise and it is up to you to keep it. I would suggest you consult your husband before confiding in your mother. If he still requests you not to tell anybody, try and do as he wishes. Perhaps you felt as though you had to tell somebody and it may be that now you've written the letter, your desire to tell of your marriage will disappear. Hmm. I'm surprised that she's like into the secret marriage. Yeah. I, I guess that probably does make sense, but it might be hard given that he is overseas, currently at war. Hard to write letters and yeah. get timely responses. Yeah, I guess it might just take a while. Like, I do think that that probably makes sense to be like, hey, is it okay if, if I, I tell, tell my, my mom? mom? Yeah. But yeah, maybe just telling someone helped. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Okay, this is our last letter. Okay. Um, Dear Miss Fain, my husband has been in the army for four years and has never been overseas. He wants nothing more than to go overseas and leave me, although we are happily married. This worries me a great deal. I often lie awake at nights thinking he has become bored with our life. Do you think he is? Oh, Yeah. This is another one where it's like, you could just ask. Yep. <laughs> Actually, the solution here is just to talk to him. Yeah, I feel like if you're getting so anxious that you are writing a letter to an advice column about yeah. a worry that you have not discussed. <laughs> and it's also like a normal problem and not like, the woman I'm having an affair with is being stalked. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, yeah, maybe you do need a third party in that scenario because what's going on with you is unreasonable. Yeah, and weird, and no one knows how to handle that. <laughs> yeah, no, this might just be a talk to your, your spouse yeah. scenario. Okay, so 
What Vane says in response is, if you can truthfully state you still enjoy each other's company, my answer would be no. Are you sure you still give him a real welcome when he comes home? Uh, I don't know how many men are shipping off to war because, like, my wife is kind of yeah. mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather be at war, war. than <laughs> with my wife <laughs> who doesn't give me a welcome when I get home. Yep. So Vane continues, what is equally important, do you make your home, whether it be a room or a house, a nice place to come home to? Huh. If these questions are answered in the affirmative, your married life should not be one of boredom. I, again, men aren't yeah. shipping out because their home life is mediocre. No. I feel like it's probably more about that there's just, like, pressure as a man yeah. to do that, right? Yeah. And that's kind of what Vane says. It's difficult for the lives of servicemen to see why their husbands are anxious to get overseas. On the whole, it has nothing whatsoever to do with their feelings toward their wives and their families. There are no doubt various reasons why so many husbands wish to get overseas. The most favored ones probably would be that they feel their job hasn't been completed until they do. Therefore, it's the duty of a wife to not confuse her husband's attitude towards her with his desire to get overseas. Those are yeah. two entirely different things. I mean, that would be emotionally very difficult for your husband to be like, I want to leave you and go to war. war. Yeah. No, I don't think it's an easy decision, but like no. the pressure on men at the time... Yeah. Especially, I mean, I guess he's been in the reserves. If he's been enlisted in the army, just hasn't gone out yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that would just be rotten. I don't have, I don't have advice for that. <laughs> no, just, it's just a rough time. Yep. It's a rough time. And yeah, it would suck emotionally. And I feel like that might also be a thing where you're like, this is just sad. So I'm having other bad, sad ideas. Yeah. It's sort of spiraling a little bit. Yes. Here. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, he's going to go. He's going to die. Also, maybe he doesn't actually love me. Like, yeah. It's interesting because there are a couple of letters in the 40s about like, oh, I'm dating a soldier or like, oh, I want to be married to a soldier. But none of them seem to be like the horrors of war. <laughs> it's more just like, how do I like, should I be married? <laughs> Jeez. It's really strange. Yeah, I guess we did a lot of ignoring what the war was actually like. Yeah. Yeah. Or that like weird fine line of like, we can talk a bit about how bad it is, but if we get too negative, people are going to lose hope and then stop buying war bonds. Right. It's like a really fine line you have to walk from a PR perspective. Yes, we still want to feel like we are going to be victorious yes. and that this is a thing we should be doing. So we can't talk too much about how bad the war is. And there's no say about how many letters were answered privately or in the ones where there's no, like, you don't see the actual letter, you see the response. I didn't read too many of those because teasing there what the actual problem would be would be impossible and very right. long. <laughs> well, that yeah. was really lovely. A nice little journey through the 30s and the 40s. Yeah. Is there is there another advice columnist that we're going to do next year? <laughs> I haven't found it yet, but there has to be, right? Yeah. I'm also pretty sure the Free Press must have done them, but I don't oh, know what probably. those columnists' names are, so I'm going to have to do some digging. The Free Press also has a much worse archive, unfortunately. It's not as fun to search through those. Yeah. That is the real is tragedy. Part of the reason I use the Tribune for everything. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's an easier source. Occasionally I realize something's going to be in the Free Press, and I'm like, oh, fine. <laughs> oh, if I have to read it, I will. Eventually I'll go through there and see what advice columns they have, too. Yeah. But it's always interesting to see what things have changed and what things haven't. Yeah. Because some of it's like, I've seen this play out before. I've been a nervous 20-year-old. <laughs> yeah. I've had some panics, but like, does my boyfriend love me or is he lying? Yeah. <laughs> but also, why would he be lying? That's insane. That's a weird thing to do. Um, Just to, because he doesn't want to disappoint you, but he doesn't love you. He doesn't think you're pretty or a good dancer. No. <laughs> <laughs> All your fears are true. <laughs> this has been one great history. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, do either of you have any advice for uh, the love Lauren out there? Um, I wish, but unfortunately, because of COVID, I haven't been able to go on any more embarrassing dates, so I have no more dating experience. Although and my relationship is a weird one that works only for me. <laughs> yeah, we're having <laughs> a normal time. 
it did dawn on me that last year I talked about the worst date I've ever had. And then after recording that, my uncle started listening, as did my cousins. Oh, no. <laughs> and people that go to that went to the church I went to when I was growing up. And I'm like, oh, man, too many people know my business now. <laughs> How about you, Nick? Um, I don't know. I've been with the same woman for, like... <laughs> 15 years so yeah <laughs> i mean it's uh, communication is a hundred percent key um and just you know being friends like i hear about so many couples that like it's like do you two even like each other right you know it's like we're best friends we have like we have a lot of our own interests but we also care about each other's interests that you know maybe like wouldn't be our first interests yeah. and i think just also like having your own lives outside of your relationship is very important like I don't know, and get like a super cute dog named Samson. Yeah, I, yeah. And... <laughs> I think that last part is key. Yeah. yeah. Actually, one of our friends, uh, my cousin and her husband have been together since high school, so it's been about a decade now. Um, and they're very into each other. Yeah. And we found out not too long ago that like we all would play D&D together and he would be the DM and he would make these NPC characters just to hit on his wife in yeah. the game, <laughs> which is maybe the sweetest thing in the world. Every time he just, his NPCs flirt with her <laughs> without fail. It's very sweet. Uh, for all you non-nerds out there, it's non-playable oh, character, uh, yes. I believe. That's Are there non-nerds non that listen to? Yes. <laughs> That's a good question. I, I, DM is Dungeon Master, I'm guessing? Yes. I've yes. never played D&D. This is a podcast for nerds. Okay. I think because <laughs> I don't know a lot of really cool people who are like, I want to know, know more about Winnipeg history, but I've never played Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I don't know. I've never the played The crossover D &D. is, it's just a circle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How long are we at, Nick, for time? Um, Like an hour 10 or 12 okay. for this one. Because I was kind of thinking, I embarrassed myself publicly last year. Yeah. And I was like, I don't have any more dating stories, but I do have the most embarrassing thing I've ever done. Okay. If we'd like to cap off on that. <laughs> Please. Sure, tell us the most embarrassing because thing you've I've, ever done. I've been sitting there, I'm like, I'm going to have to tell it in the podcast at some point. Because uh -huh. it's really good, but do I bite the bullet and do it now? And I think Valentine's Day for me is the spirit of embarrassing okay, myself great. to everyone I know. Great. Um, <laughs> this is the story of the time I accidentally joined a flash mob. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So I was working at a daycare in my hometown and they were organizing like a Sadie Hawkins 50s style dance in the yeah. like big community center. <laughs> Sorry, I'm already terrified. <laughs> oh no. Okay. okay. Yeah. So it was like Grease themed theoretically. We were all going with like the staff at the daycare together for a little girls night. It was going to be really fun. We were excited. And we're all sitting at this table talking and then there's like sort of a dance floor set up and I'm like, oh, I might be dancing at some point. I don't know how these events go. And then they start playing the opening song from Grease. Or I think they start playing Grease Lightning. Yeah. And a bunch will get up and I'm like, oh, I guess everyone's going to dance. Uh, yes, everyone, everyone <laughs> just wants to dance. And I love dancing at events. <laughs> so <laughs> I will normally be on the dance floor at some point over the course of a night. So I'm like, if everyone's going now, including most of my coworkers, I may as well go too. <laughs> no one told you <laughs> No. So I get up, I start dancing, and over the course of the dance, I start going... <laughs> Everyone here knows the moves to this song better than anyone I have ever seen. So I'm like trying to follow along. So I'm like, I guess there's like a choreography to Grease Lightning. I didn't know. So I'm trying to copy them. And the song ends and I'm like, that was really weird. Why did everyone know Grease Lightning so well? And we sit back down. 
And one of the more senior staff at the daycare stands up and is like, thank you to everyone who came to rehearsals in our garage for months. <laughs> <laughs> and it dawned on me what I had just done at that point. <laughs> but at no point, I was standing with my coworkers. None of them were like, Sabrina, you weren't at rehearsals. What are you doing here? <laughs> Did anyone afterwards? No one said anything to me at any point. And the worst part is that I did not know this. It was being filmed. <laughs> is there a video somewhere? I have looked. Um, it used to be on Facebook. So like, what a cool like flash mob thing that everyone did. <laughs> it's just like, look how hard everyone worked. And everyone is nailing it. But then there's me looking increasingly confused and behind. <laughs> and just like two beats behind trying to do all the moves. <laughs> Oh, amazing. I'm just, I feel bad for you. No one invited you to the flash mob yeah. rehearsals. <laughs> I mean, they were all closer than I was. Oh, uh, okay. They, I was like newer. You know what, Sabrina, they, what a power move. They thought they could leave you out of their flash mob. <laughs> no one stops me from embarrassing myself publicly. <laughs> you sure showed them. <laughs> and then no one ever said anything to me about it. It's like, did they not notice? Like, afterwards, were they like, was, was Serena at the rehearsals today? Like, like, it was a big group of people. I think they broke it up into smaller, like, subsets yeah. of groups oh, to rehearse. So maybe, they, maybe, so maybe they're like, maybe Sabrina was with the other group. And then also, yeah. wow, Sabrina did not practice. <laughs> would have been the thought process. That's excellent. What a wonderful, embarrassing story. It's really good. Uh, yeah, so that's my Valentine's Day gift to everyone. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't know if I can pull an embarrassing story out of my hat. I don't. That's think one I... of many. Yeah. I have so many more. I'll have to think about it if I have. <laughs> I'll come back with one for you. I don't know if I want to tell all of them right away. That's fine. You can spread them out. <laughs> Every Valentine's Day, you get a new awful thing yeah. I've done. <laughs> That's probably the worst one, though, in terms of like, it took me a long time to tell people that happened. Like, probably like three years before, I'm like, maybe I should tell people. This might be a funny story. Oh my god. Until that point, I was like, oh no, why did I do that? Oh god. Yeah. So, happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> this has been One Great History. If you uh, want to follow us on social media and see pictures or see more advice column letters, because I'm going to make an album with the ones from the episode and ones that I didn't get to feature, you can check us out at One Great History on Facebook and Instagram. We're on Twitter at the number One Great History. You can support the podcast on patreon.com forward slash One Great History. This helps us buy books, pay for streaming, do all kinds of fun things. I bought two books of chapters today, so. Nice. Yeah exciting stuff and we have fun bonus episodes too including one about a huge fire yeah very dramatic story <laughs> i'm trying to remember what else i have to say is it just that <laughs> sure <laughs> this has gone well <laughs> yeah well i've embarrassed myself and now i'm thinking about i'm thinking about that again <laughs> i've come back well you have a window of a few days before you can ask me to uh, remove that from the episode <laughs> i won't <laughs> it's out there i've committed it's too funny to not talk about. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, you can also check out our website at uh, onegreathistory.wordpress.com. And we'll be back next month with something. An episode about milk. Oh, you're doing... <laughs> have you, are you actually committing to the milk episode? I'm committing to the milk episode. <laughs> Alex told me today that she's had to look up the word milk strikes. So. There's been a lot of milk strikes. I hope you're so prepared. Look like forward to that. The cows go on strike? Oh, I'd love that, but no. <laughs> So look forward to that next month. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.